again. <clears throat> yeah, it's the same area. It's chucking it down sideways. I've, do you know? <laughs> I hit the ground running again this morning. I'm sorry for being late. I don't know what I'm coming or going. It's a saga of the two old gits, or one of them at least this time, that put me late on this one. No, my days. What is it with those fair? Oh, honestly, seriously. <laughs> it's just like having Laurel and Hardy or, or the Three Stooges, and I'm the sensible one, and those two lose their head. <laughs> um, now, you saw Uncle Dave join me on a on a job the other night, but basically I went out and did sporting rifle at the rifle club and um, judged the, sh- the, judge the rifling because... I don't I don't shoot anymore because it's pointless winning my own trophy every week you know um, so but all the guys they shot really well Pete Pete shot extremely well he shot a, a 100% score he was very proud of to equal my my record as it were now um, is this where you've got like 10 little targets all on a piece of card and you have to hit the bullseye on every one yes um, and bear in mind the targets were about the size of a 2 pp so Probably about the size of a 50p piece, these ones. Um, new 50 uh, or old 50? <laughs> yeah, well, the old 50, not the new 50. I, I, I'm not very good in new money. Uh, <laughs> um, Same and, size uh, as a farvin, then, if you want to go old money. Yeah, so basically the bullseye is about just a tiny bit bigger than the 2-2 pellet. Basically, so you know, a lot of the guys use one seven seven, so it gives them a bit more of an edge, flatter, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you see, don't break the line, and of course, of course, a bit, a bit of a wind up because uh, Pete had already won the trophy, I don't know, two weeks of running. So he said, Look, let someone else have a go. He said, because you know, give everybody a bit of confidence. I said, well, just shoot anyway. So he did, and he said, there you go. He said, hundred percent. He said, equals yours. I said, sorry, ninety nine percent. What do you mean? I said, you broke the line on that one. <laughs> it's in the ball we're not on the, was, no 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 you broke the line and you know because I you know it was a wind up and everybody's laughing and everything else so I scored the cards and I you know and he didn't know and he thought I thought I'd given him 99% but I'd give him I gave him a 99% plus a 1% bonus for, for, for a good effort <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a lovely it's a lovely it's a wonderful night at the um the, the rifle club they're doing sporting rifle and uh, you know I just thought well you know to make it a bit more interesting we'll, we'll just I'll, I'll get a couple of trophies and each week people can p- compete for it just get a bit of a fun you know a bit of a giggle there's nothing serious about it you know um, although I will say that the, the, the shooting accuracy and marksmanship is pretty damn good you know I mean you know for the distance I mean most people are up in the high 90s um, Apart from Uncle Dave, who was trying to use a, his old HW seventy seven with a scope he couldn't see out of, it was like looking like misted glass, and uh, it wasn't zeroed and uh, all sorts. <laughs> no day. So he, but he managed a seventy two. Even when I looked down the scope, and I was like, "It's like looking through the bathroom window. I can't even see the target." <laughs> You know, I'm like, he said, yeah, neither can I. He said, I know they're down there somewhere. And I'm like, he said, like, if I can get a black haze, he said, I'll, I'll aim for that. <laughs> I had a go at 2 2 target shooting years ago. It's when they got this suede straight jacket thing out for me. I'm like, I don't think so, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, no. no. I, I Luckily, it didn't bloody fit me. God, dear. Yeah, no, I've already so I've told him in no uncertain terms, there's no way am I lying down on that floor with a straight jacket. <laughs> I said, to make it fair, I'll do it standing up freehand. 
Yeah, no, so, but yeah, no, so, yeah, it was a lovely night. And then um, I had to go out to a fox job after his conservation area. This, these foxes are decimating the grey partridges and the peewits and all sorts of things there. Uh, the ground nesting birds. So the estate manager called me in and said, look, you know, can you come and work your magic? I said, yeah, no problem. So I came in and the, it was the first time using a thermal scope. Um, now, I've, is it a front or back add-on or is it a complete scope? No, it's a front add-on. Oh. Um, and this one really caught my eye. And I've been trying everything. I've been trying the pulsars and all different stuff and the different night visions. I've tried the parts. As you know, I just... I tried the ATNs. Yeah, you just forget. I just, they just didn't suit my eye. I, I, I just, I could see, but I wasn't happy with the, what I, what I was seeing. You know, it was, it just, it just made shooting difficult for me. I was like, nope. I mean, well, come back night sight. All is forgiven. Please come back night sight. You know, the, the night sight was the only night vision that ever I've ever used. That don't bugger my eyes up. Um, you know, I go cross-eyed with it all. Um, and I've tried, I've tried them all. I've tried, you know, and I look for a mate of mine's ATN, the other, not Alan's, um, another mate of mine. And that was pretty damn clear. And I don't, and I was like, well, do you know what? That's quite a good set, but I don't like having a dedicated scope because, you know, things can go wrong. And like the other night when I dealt with the other fox, I didn't have any night vision with me. I just had my red lamp off the sticks, one handed, red lamp above me, I'd lit him up and bottom dropped him, you know, old fashioned, old school style with the lamp. You know, and a lamp, what a lamp, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, so but you know, I, you know, I, st- I still lamp traditionally. Um, it's a skill that you learn, and I've always said to be any good with night vision because, well, obviously, night vision with with IR is basically lamping, you know, you're, la- you're using an infrared lamp that the camera sees, not your eye. Um, you've got to be good with traditional skills and field craft first to be any good with this, all right, you know, with. A lot of this gear you can get lucky but you can't be consistent luck isn't consistent no i agree uh. you know so so like i say the other night this add-on and i and i gotta admit this has been the best i've tried um to date and it's another reason i've signed up with them as um night pro team international i'm a team member for team international for night pro right. because because their products, or I already knew their product because, you know, I parted with a thousand pounds worth of my own money for their basic model from Nightsight oh, three years ago, something like that. And it's been it's been a game changer. So I'd never actually shot on thermal before. Um, and I got to admit the clarity and the, the you know where like you know some of the other thermals I've looked at and used, or not used but looked down, you can't see the vegetation and things like that. Yeah. Well, night pearls you can um, or you can actually see that it stood in a bramble bush or, or whatever you can actually the, the quality of the picture is unbelievable um, I quite enjoyed look, seeing Mark, Mark, Mark Brannan's post about iRay um, you know the, the, that's quite clear as well but like I say this night pearl and you know and, and, you know what I'm like I'm a low tech guy in a high tech world so I've got this thing on the front end of the scope on the 223 and I couldn't work out how to make it zoom in. I, I, they've told me now because I was trying to do what it says in the destructions, and well, they were talking Russian and I was talking Swahili, I think. But <laughs> but I got this lovely clear picture. Beautiful, I could see the whole valley, everything, you know. So, but, but all I had was three times zoom. 
you know. Um, so do you on your scope? No, because then what you you can zoom up to about a four. After four, you're zooming in on the screen of the. Um, oh, I see. So it pixelates, you know. So and with thermal, you can't really go past six times zoom on a, on a dedicated unit or whatever because then it starts it's a bit like your phone when you zoom more the more you zoom in the more it pixelates yeah so it's going back to when I first started out with a 243 I had a 4 by 32 scope on that and I was shooting foxes out to 400 yards <laughs> you know so it was you know I had the skills you know so this fox came in I tracked him with the thermal spar and then this I tell you another thing this 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 Nipro thing's got on it it's got a rangefinder a built in rangefinder you click the button it tells you exactly how far it is sounds good <clears throat> well I, I didn't I, do you know me I don't trust gadgets and stuff until they're proven <laughs> so uh, it, it said it was 203 yards and uh, he was just about to go sideways into a wood I squeaked him and managed to stop him and then smack I mean it was like shooting at a matchhead you know it was like looking at an ant and shooting at a match head um, but it was just like just the same as by shooting with a 4 by 32 script so I had the skills you know I knew what I was doing and you know Uncle Dave was watching this on my own um, Night Pro I bought uh, the spotter and you know it was such a um, proud moment in that you know not only did I deal with the fox you mainly have to clean very quickly but it was you know the old master who taught me who originally taught me how to shoot rifle was Uncle Dave um the joyous elation that he let out was yes you got him what a shot and mm -hmm. he'd never actually seen me shoot professionally before you know we, he saw me as a boy and growing up on the farm and all that sort of stuff but all these years later he'd never seen me actually on the job using the gun you know and, and actually me yeah. doing, me doing the shooting not him and me holding the lamp <laughs> you know <coughs> so um, his joy I mean, so that was a real proud moment and uh, he, you know he was like he was very excited. Let's just say that you know that he got to see it, and, he, and, he, and he's never seen thermal before. You know, he's never he's looked down on my night sights before, but he's never seen thermal, and he was just overwrought with it. I mean, you know, we had you know this this lovely conservation area. They got their own little herd of um, roe deer there, and uh, they, they it's not fenced in or anything, but they just don't go anywhere. They stay there. They're not harassed or you know, it's a nice little herd. And uh, he had a roebuck walk, walk right up to him. You know, within about I don't know, 15 yards of him, and he sat there, watched him the whole time. And this roebuck just looking at, oh, looks funny. Oh, smells like a human, but what is it? <laughs> and he just shook his ears and then carried on grazing and trotted off around the hillside to go and say hello to the does. And you know, it was quite, but you know, so but I shot that with that night pro the, the clarity was that good with this add-on i've i've had a look at other add-ons and you've got to re-zero them and calibrate them to your scope and all sorts this just goes straight on the scope and you use your own zero which Sounds i like good. because that's what i liked about night sight you know i didn't have to mess around with any of my rifles they were set up for me for day and night and that's what this add-on allows me to do it goes straight on the front you, you focus it because it's got uh, front focal plane focusing unit I mean I don't know what the correct names for I'll probably get a telling offer and not calling it the right thing but a focusing thing on the front and um, you know it just goes straight on so you know I know it's going to be a bit of an overkill for rats and things but um, <laughs> so but it's going to be a bit of fun I think we'll get some fo good footage with it um, does it but, record? yeah yeah it records it does what
you can um, connect it up to your mobile phone and whoever's like get someone to record it for you, you can record it or whoever's with you can watch what you're doing with the scope on the on the on the phone cool but what 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 you see they see um yeah it was just um a real pleasure to use uh you know once i got you i mean i'm not used to all the settings or anything yet i mean i had to ask him how to t- turn it into standby mode because i couldn't work out on these destructions what i was doing wrong and I kept switching the whole thing off. Of course, then when something was coming in to take a shot, is I remember like, you know, rewind the dynamo back up, power up the power source. <laughs> I mean, I was doing it all wrong. It was me, not the not the unit. You know, it was. Uh, but I'll tell you what, you know, that, that I mean, obviously thermal there's no light, there's nothing there. I mean, that fox never knew I was there. I mean, he just he stopped for a pee and I squeaked in by the side of the wood and he stopped long enough to give me a broadside shot and I dropped in with a clean ending room shot at 203 metres but yards but then um, but I to double check it I got out my own rangefinder and range found it found it yeah that's exactly what it is the, the rangefinder in the camera wasn't telling me lies it was right so because you know me not for not for believing things it's like got to do what it says on the tin yeah and just remember any bad reviews there's always room in the gulag for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've already told him straight. I said, "Listen, I ain't gonna blow smoke at your ass." I said, "If something don't work, you will hear about it, I'm, and I won't write about it. Um, if it's good, I'll shout it from the rooftops. If it's not good, my word is gold. You ain't got enough money in your bank to pay me to tell me any different. So, you know, that's what I've always been the same. You know, you can't pay me to tell me something's good. I'll prove it's good. If it's good, then I'll do it. If it isn't, I'll hand you it back and say." this doesn't do what it says on the tin better try harder mate so yeah. I've made that very clear with Night Pro right from the very start as I have with every other sponsor and everything else that if if your product isn't doing what it's supposed to do in the field I if I'm doing something wrong tell me if I'm not and as I quite often prove there's something wrong with a product here have it back go back to the drawing board sort it out send it me back and I'll, I'll give it another go and I've, I've told them straight from the start and they said that's brilliant because he said that's exactly what they want because they say it takes a lot they say it takes years to build a good reputation he said it takes seconds to ruin it so I, I, I really like Night Pearl's attitude with that you know they they really want to get it right for the customers you know because what's right for the customers is right for them so I like their attitude it was a, you know the, the people at Night Pearl there, they've got a real good attitude towards towards and they're actually hunters themselves which is which is very unusual to find. People who actually own a company, and everything else, usually you know they they'll make a product because they're good at doing something, but they have no clue actually in the field because they're not really hunters. No. Whereas these these guys are actually hunters. They own their own hunting area in Czechoslovakia and things like that, and uh, hunt cabin and all sorts of stuff. So they actually use their own gear. I can see an old hedge creeper holiday in the future. <laughs> Well, no, I've already been invited. Um, they want me to go to Czech and film and um, doing all sorts of different things, not just in Czech, but all over the world. But, um, certain places, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I spend quite a bit of time in the States when I can. Uh, it's on the cards, but like I told them, I'm going nowhere until this COVID fiasco sorted out. No. I might go abroad. I, I don't know. Do you still need a passport for Wales and Scotland? Uh, I think you do currently, yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, I got a passport. He's all right. You know, you got Mickey Mouse on the cover, but he'll be fine. <laughs> um, 
<coughs> yeah, I've, got, I have, I've actually got a Disney passport. <laughs> yeah, when we had the, with the kids, when I took the kids to Disney, we all ended up with Disney passports. Oh, my days. Yeah, you know, it was a, mine was a caricature picture drawn off. Where were we? I think we were in Epcot or something. And yeah, I think because each one of us, our, our, our passport picture was a caricature drawing of us um, with this artist. And it was actually quite good. Probably won't recognize me. I didn't have a beard then. No, <laughs> no, no. Back then, back then in the early days ago, and like when I first went to the states, I didn't have a beard. I look at them pictures now, and I got a face like a baby's bum. I don't say about brown stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was barbecue. <laughs> but no, um, no, uh, yeah, no. So yeah, but no, um, that was a really good night the other night with the um, with the night pro. We had a wonderful sporting rifle evening. Then went out, did that. And then brilliant. But then this morning's episode, right? Because our Dave's down. His dad's away with his uh, missus um, in their canvas caravan. Looks like they, he might be moving down by you there, Greg. Oh, no, again. He did that last year. Yeah, no, he, uh, well, they're, they're down there house hunting at the minute. And uh, it looks like <clears throat> looks like he might be quite close to you um, and what they're looking at. And uh, <laughs> so you might have uh, one of the old gits. You're going to have to take him out shooting quite a bit. Sorry, we're closed. <laughs> but this morning's episode, what made me late, because I've got quite a hell of a day ahead of me today, and, and I've, got to be, I've got to be finished by four, because I've got to be at the range to set up the pass on Young Sports Range night tonight. Um, and the, as always, we're, we're flying fully booked, and people are trying to book spots that we ain't got anymore. I'm like, well, you'll have to go to wait a minute. Um, so I've got to go and settle that up, and then I'll be there for the night. Um but yeah, no, get a phone call this morning. Uncle Dave's down looking after Dad's house for him. And he said, There, Rob, he said, have you seen my car keys? I went, why would I have seen your car keys? He said, I've lost them. I said, well, if, I, if you've lost them, why would I have seen them? I said, I just said, here's your keys. He said, no, and he's panicking. And of course, he had to go to a hospital appointment. He's at the council because he couldn't find the keys. And Oh, two or three phone calls later. Well, perhaps you could take me up house and, um, and bring me back because he's in the other side of Bristol, his house. Um, he said, because I've got my spare set of car keys there. He said, well, take me up and bring me back. And then I've got my keys. He said, I have So I'm trying to eat me a nice bit of bacon and egg and everything else. And then another phone call comes. It's all right. I found them. Thank God for that. This is like after two hours of like phone calls. And are we doing this? Are we doing that? And everything else. How are you going find... to the house if you lost his keys? Well, I let him in. Oh, you got a key for his house? Yeah, I've got, I got my set of keys to just in case of emergencies and that. So I, I let him in. And then we locked up, and I'm like, "You have to have had them because you locked the bloody door when you came out. I didn't unlock it; you locked it." So I can't find them. And what happened was, when we were at the range, because obviously it was sporting rifle night, and then I said to Dave, "Will you come and join me on this fox show?" All right, can I take the car home and that, and I'll go and get something to eat? I said, "Well, you go and do that before I finish the range night, and then I'll come and pick you up," which I did. Of course, I he locked the well anyway so what he didn't tell me was is <laughs> which he told me this morning is when he got back to the house he got he had his hands full of shopping bags and that and he's like and he needed to go for a wee very very urgently and he couldn't hold it so he dropped the shopping grabbed one of dad's buckets builder's buckets by his tool shed and had a wee in the bucket in the garden right right <laughs> And he bent down and obviously poured the bucket out over the over the chippings by the the, by the thing there. And uh, well, yeah, wait till Dad hears this, he'll be uh, he'll be going on like a pair of nuns' knickers. He will, Jesus. Um, and uh, so 
Dave looking around, he phones me back this morning, it's all right, I found them. He said they were under the bucket where I had a pee. Not my days. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, only, I said, what are you like? I said, you know, when I got there on on Tuesday, when I got there to go and pick him up, he said, here, have you seen my phone? I said, why would I have seen your phone? So I haven't been able to find it all afternoon. I'm, he said, give it a ring. And I'm like, oh, so I'm ringing it. Where do we find it? In the toilet. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, David, what's it? What are you like? Seriously, mate. Good Hang on, how did he let himself back in if he put the keys under the bucket? What on Tuesday night? Yeah, I let him in, didn't I? Because I, I got a car and I went in and undone the door for him because he couldn't see it. Oh, the I see. And then I tried to tell him. I said, "Well, if you do this here, there's a light here. Look, oh my, oh, I didn't know that." I said, "Well, you just wave around under there, and I said, the whole light, everything lights up. You can see where you're going." Because I know the old man for bloody gadgets and lights and bloody everything else. I mean, you hit this, you hit this sensor off and it lights up like bloody ET's landing. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, you know, bright light, bright light. Ah! You know, you know, burns your eyeballs out. So I'm like, oh for God's sake! Do you know? I said, you know, if Dad moves down by you, David up there. I'm gonna have the liability spread out. So when something goes wrong and they need sorting, I got even further to go. Yeah, I know. Can you on that one? <laughs> well, I did say to Dad, I said, "Well, if you move down there and it all goes wrong and you get old and, f- and you're knackered, um, I said I'll just find you a good, good nursing home." I said, "Make sure they beat you daily." <laughs> I'll come round and do that bit. <laughs> <laughs> God, there. But yeah, no, I was like, "Oh my God!" I was like, "Seriously, you two are a bleeding liability." I mean, taking Dad, come on, I'll take my new rifle out. You know, blah blah. Yeah, right. Okay, right. Come on, a fox job with me. I've got just the perfect place to put you. It's only a forty-yard shot but he's coming through a gap in like, get there get him all set up he goes here got any ammunition I went yeah for my 223 that, I ain't got for that he went oh I forgot my ammunition well for god's sake how can I take you bloody shooting if you ain't got the ammunition with you you know it's like he, he didn't think he just didn't want to use it well that wouldn't surprise me to... exactly I wouldn't be surprised if he just starts shouting bang when, when he's supposed to be shooting stuff <laughs> You know, when we go pigeon shooting, he said, here, these cartridges are getting expensive. He said, you know, he said, um, I'll have to just start shouting bang. I think, yeah, I hit that one. Did you? I think you scared it with the noise. I don't know about anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, my... Duck shooting for his birthday, that guy at the very, very end, we thought sounded like an AA-12 going off. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Well, that was one of the gamekeepers. I mean... Yeah, was it a 10-shot magazine or something stupid in it? Something like that, but, you know, he shouldn't have been using it, really, because that's not the right thing to use. Um, <laughs> you know, but typical typical rough-ass games. That was a gamekeeper team, wasn't it? Because we had our team yeah. at one end, and they were at the other end, so I don't know who they were. I think they were from up on Exmoor or something. Um, but, yeah, boom, 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 And still the duck flew out. I'm like, well, that was an expensive <laughs> duck to fly away with. <laughs> Must have been like a barrage going up, like you know, for the Second World War or something. Yeah, the old flat guns, isn't it? Have you ever seen that woodpecker advert, the woodpecker cider with the ducks when they open fire? Um, you got, I don't like, know. You got, you got the you got the wildfowlers. They're in a boat in the middle of the river and then these ducks come in and they up, up and start firing but these ducks have all got um, like flight hats on and goggles and you know they've got machine guns under their wing and these guys miss and these guys are bombs away chaps <laughs> and they all jump out of the boat have you ever seen it? 
No, I don't think I have. Actually, if I can find it on YouTube, I'll, I'll find it and um, I'll, I'll, I'll share it. And you watch it; it's hilarious. I cry with laughter. Because if they start shooting back, I'm going to use a bigger gun. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, no, but yeah. So yeah, that's that's dad. You know, that was good on his birthday, though. Yeah, we'll have to do it Yeah, I mean, well, that, would you remember that high duck? That first one that came in, I. Uh, yeah, bitterly buff bam, and I knocked him, I smacked him, and the, the, he came down, and literally, I had stepped to the side. He landed right next to me. Yeah, I was about to say, I nearly bloody hit you. Yeah, I seen. I was like, right, uh, left, right, left, right, left, go, and duff, and it landed right by me. I shouted over to the picker. I went, "It's all right, I can get that one myself." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a good night. That was for his seventieth birthday, wasn't it? And a lovely yeah. in, in that pub. What was that pub called? Da da da. Da, 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 I can't remember. Was it something like the Keeper's Rest or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that was a lovely, lovely meal in there. I've never been back down that way since. So, but yeah, I mean, I know the the keeper that and that he wanted he wanted me to take a team down and book, and your mate Rob Norton wants to go and do it, but I just haven't had time. And you know what, with COVID and everything else, that buggered it all up, didn't it? Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So, but yeah. So, what have we got on this week's weekly news? Uh, weekly news. Um, I'd just like to congratulate all the um, Team GB shooting guys for putting in a valiant effort. Yep, they did a cracking job. Um, yeah. I wonder what brand of ammunition they were using, Rob. Any ideas? Well, I've been getting reports from Ely, and we've been kicking butt over there with the Ely ammunition. So, and as I am <laughs> part of, as I am part of Team B, Team Ely International, um, fair play to my fellow athletes. Yeah, I don't think you're very Olympic in shape, though, do you? <laughs> Sumo wrestling was in the Olympics, wasn't it? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not part of the Olympic side of it. I'm the outdoors international ambassador. So, you know, it's part of the international team. So, fellow, well done to my fellow athletes. Come and see me in the field. Um, but, yeah, no... Uh, yeah, we had, they've done very well. I mean, uh, the ladies' pistols. I mean, that was amazing watching them girls shoot. You know, I mean, crikey. They could pick the top of a matchstick without trying. I'll tell you, they were absolutely bang on. I think I think we won gold in the in the ladies' pistol. I mean, I have to be. I have to confess, I haven't really seen much of it apart from what Mike's put on Facebook and stuff because I haven't got a television or anything, so I don't really know. And from no. what I hear, and from what I hear, they're not really televising any of the shooting stuff, are they? No, not like that. No, it's all um, all the other stuff that's a bit PC. Oh, well, that's a good job. I, I'll tell you then because I get bored watching it. It's weightlifting competition. <laughs> Did you hear about that? No, what was that? There's a guy who's about six foot six and built like a brick outhouse who won the ladies' weightlifting contest because he identifies as a female, not a male. Oh. Yeah, mm. apparently the lady weightlifters were a bit peed off. <laughs> mm. Yes, next thing you know, a toaster's going to win the pole vault competition or something. Probably. Do you know? Do you know? I also this is one thing you know, like in thousands of years' time or whatever, even now, you know, you've got archaeologists <laughs> digging up bodies, and they're always male or female. You don't ever see one that's like the other seven hundred ninety-eight genders or whatever there is. No. Oh, look, we've got, oh look, we've got a prehistoric toaster here, or a microwave, or whatever. Believe now, you associate yourself as. 
I mean, I associate myself as a millionaire, but if you look at my bank balance, I ain't got enough to pay the rent. <laughs> so, you know, bloody nonsense. Last week, you've hired too many pest techs this week. I'll get the jokes in early. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, do you know what? This, do you know, apart from these small minded idiots who've got no idea what I'm, what I'm dealing with, I've got, like, if you saw on that post, I said, look, if you email me your resume your, your cv and your qualifications if i get work in your area i'll add you to my contractors list um i've got stuff going on. i mean like, like i said i've just done a company i use down by you in plymouth there three jobs this week brilliant you know what a br- brilliant little family firm um excellent job got great great customer feedback and they paid their commission the commission they owed me like straight away so i was like jobs are good and i like that yeah, and we'll keep quiet about that job you sent me. You didn't even bring any bloody Vaseline. I was very disappointed. You were supposed to bring the Vaseline. He was the, you were the giver, not the taker. Oh, was that what it was, was it? Yeah. You know, you're not my you fault. You ain't getting any commission off that, you bugger, either. <laughs> it's not my fault, you Cornish idiots bugger all up. <laughs> <laughs> any future people listening to this go, what? Yeah, what was that, you know? Did you bring the gloves as well? <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you what, no. I'm changing back to the night vision before I forget, because i got a mirror. Um, night Pro really have mastered this, this thing for clipping onto the scope. Um, yeah, you, oh, excuse me. you showed me the other day like a, a snap fit connect, didn't it? Yeah, a snap fit. I mean, because this is what, cause what I've sort of said, you know, the pard has mastered it with the twist lock, clip, bayonet, whatever you want to call it, fit. But you've got to yep. piddle around with stupid little Allen keys. Right now, what I've sort of said, said, but what I did say about the um, Night Pro, as I said to him, I'd like to see the twist lock fitting on the front of this fitting they've got, which is brilliant. Because if I've like me, I, like I was using three different rifles the other night, three different size scopes. I've got to unclip it, which is dead easy. Then I got to mess about unscrewing the and unscrewing the the, the the camera from the from the from the unit clip. But the unit clip's brilliant; it just clips on, goes on any scope. You just got to have the right size mounts like you do with the pard where you put the little sleeves in and stuff right? yeah. and I sort of said well you've mastered this but if you had a snap fitting on the front where you just so like me I haven't got I can set my rifle up so it's all perfect for me and then when I go in the field all I got to do is unclip it off a twist leaving the bracket on the scope which I can still then still see through on a day scope and then all I got to do is go click clunk click clunk and you can have one for every scope you got, which will make it real fast and real. I mean, it's not a, it's not a hardship to take it off and unscrew it, and then put the new clamp on the the other scope and like screw it back on and all that sort of stuff. That's not it's not a hardship. But I was just thinking of speed and everything else. So that's one of the suggestions I've made to Night Pearl is keep what you've got as it is the back part of the clip, but the front part make that as a, a twist lock or you know a clunk click job i said now make it very very much faster and very much more sales point you know yeah. onto an already onto an already fantastic product i mean but like i say pard this is what i said to you with, with the pard when i looked at the pard this little clip system and i didn't even know night had done it but that little like snap on clip system brilliant absolutely brilliant i mean it takes me all of i don't know three seconds to clip it on and off of a scope you know, Just to explain to our listeners, imagine the catch on the side of a cake tin where it pulls on itself and then you spring it back. It's basically like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and and this this system they've got, 
is um is, is brilliant i mean you know I, you know like i say the only bit that there's nothing wrong with it and it holds it as solid as a rock is this screwing on bit for the front part of the lens bit that goes on you know there's a camera to go into i would um i would like to have seen where it was the back bits as it is with the clip like the cake tea and clip thing you got and then the front bit being a being a twist snap fin the same as what the pard's got so a mix up between the night pearl and the pard clamping system would be yeah. super absolutely super because like i say you can add these you can put one on like I say like I say the other night i was using three different scopes but all three were different size scopes so i had to keep changing the fitting whereas if i had a fitting on there and all i got to do is just put the put the um front add on and go clunk, clunk click and it's straight on you know yeah and you, and you can leave them on the scope because it doesn't affect your your day scope you can see straight through it so you you could one setup you know and 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 it can do multiple rifles although it already does multiple rifles cause, but you just gotta take it off put get the right one for that size scope yeah that one fits right screw your camera and put it onto that one but like when i'm in the field i haven't got time to do that all the time so does it cock up you're using the front objective lens at all or not? No, because what you do is um, you don't use anything of your own scope apart from looking down it in the crosshairs. Um, you can turn it up to about four times zoom, but other than that, you're zooming in on the screen, not the thing. Everything's done through the actual thermal unit. Yeah, but you so, said it clips on the front of the scope. So if you've got an older scope that's got objective around the front objective lens, yeah, do you not doesn't I to twist that? No, doesn't doesn't make it. That doesn't do anything whatsoever for um, the clarity. So I just oh, basically right. I just basically screw it back to infinity so that it's just wide open. Stick the thing, stick the thing on, and everything's done because the actual unit itself has got its own. That's what I was saying. It's got its own focal planes on the front. You you tune that into your scope. So basically. Oh, right. You move, you move your front objective lens to the front of the, the thermal thing, um, um, but you know the clarity, absolutely fabulous. I mean, I, you know, it's just crystal clear. Um, like so, I know Mark's been doing really well with the eye ray, and that look, uh, that looks fabulous as well. So, I um, say this this equipment really has come on. And, and listen, Night Pearl, I know because obviously I bought one myself three years ago, um, so I know the product. I mean, I've suggested a few other little tweaks to, and and there are some new products just about to come out, which are um, a more advanced um, product to what there is at the moment. The ones, I, the ones I've got at the moment are the top of the range of the latest model, but there are some later, later, late models that are, you know, latest that, that are about to be released, and um, those should be landing on my doorstep within the next few weeks. Um, for me to try here in the UK and Europe and all over the world, and I'm one of the first people to ever get to see them. So, um, absolutely brilliant. But like I say, this this mounting system was exactly what I said that you needed for the the part. Instead of piddling around with two stupid Allen keys in, in the dark and losing it and everything else, I mean, just literally pushes on, clip shut, done. It, it's a, it's a three second job. So. I could say the pard. Maybe you want to look at changing your uh, stupid two little key system and Allen key system and uh, putting like one of those on. But like I say, Night Pearl have suggested that they keep this system but change the front bit to a twist lock or something that you know would make 
a hundred times easier for me because I can have these clips on three rifles, say, because I'm, you know, I mean, one minute I'm doing rats with an air rifle, 10, 10 minutes later, I'm dealing with rabbits and stuff with a 2-2 rim. And then I'm, an hour later, I'm on dealing with foxes with the 2-2-3. Yeah. You know, so I've got three rifles. So if I had three of these different clamps, because obviously you've got to get the right size one that fits each scope. It's not one size fits all. So, you know, you've got two or three mil uh, play in them, but you know it's it's one of those but it's a fantastic system i really like it it's you know and and i have been very much nowadays on equipment and stuff because i've sort of seen it done it been there at the t-shirt but i will say that 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 front add-on has been the best i have used to date and i've tried quite a few that because obviously with night sight gone i'm, I'm a bit knackered and <coughs> i need it i need it professionally um and straight from having it out of the box putting on my scope to zeroing it in and not, not zeroing it in but like focusing it all in i was like wow now that is something because and because I, I hate having to mess around with my zeros you know that's one of the reasons i don't have dedicated scopes like 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 you've got with the dedicated atns or whatever i don't like having a dedicated scope because batteries all sorts can go wrong things go wrong and then you're on a job and it or, or you're on on your on, having a, a hunt you're out on a hunt you know to get yourselves it and um and something goes wrong well i like to be able to have my own scope and i don't like messing around with zeros you know once my rifle set it's set yeah you know, and that's, that's what i like to add this i mean when i shot that fox in like, like i say it was it was literally i just clunk straight on clip shut switched on there it is job done you know it was it was hassle-free I, I can't nothing stresses me out more and irritates me more than to have something where I've got to mess around with buttons and switching on power sources and all the different you know it, it irritates me I'd rather just like like the night site you know is literally clicks one there it is bang no messing around because you need to as I teach my students you have to shoot from a calm pond for the best marksmen and snipers never in the world always shoot in the, when they're literally sat in the middle of a calm pond and they're sat on the water and there is not a ripple if you make it ripple you're erratic you know when you pull the trigger there should be not a movement or a ripple on the pond and that's how i shoot now if i got something that's stressing me out i'm not going to use it i'll throw it straight in the box and say right that's rubbish gone I'm not playing with that <clears throat> and i gotta admit this night pro stuff wow you know it, it's so hassle-free and all right there's a lot of gadgets to it which I've still got to learn how to use and, you know, um, different bits. But, you know, this clip, I'm just looking at it now. It's so well made, this this clamp system. It's 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 quality made. It's not some cheap Chinese bit of tin that's been thrown together. This has actually been thought about. It's good, solid components, which which will last. Will last, last a hard life in the field. And, uh, and it's not damaging your scope either. It just goes over thing, clips on, and that's it, done. Yeah, you know I like this. You wait till you come and see it and have a go with it. You, you, you'll be like, "Wow, that's brilliant!" You know, because it's been really thought of. And the, the little clamping system—it's just impressed me. Just, just the clamping system. Let alone all the equipment that it goes with it. It's bloody good stuff. But there we go. Anyway, yeah. enough rant on that. Enough rant on that because uh, you know I could talk all day about that stuff. Anyway, but there we go. So um, no, you could. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, yeah. So what we got on the funny side of things this week? 
Uh, funny side. I've seen two things. I popped into Iceland yesterday to grab some bacon, and I saw a book on about uh, the commerce of shopping and stuff, and it's promoted by Chris Packham, of all people. So now he's a book critic and reviewer. <laughs> is, is he still taking his medication? I don't know. Yeah, so... Oh, no, he does. <laughs> like, like I say, he's a very... He's a very intelligent man. Um, he's um, very motivated, everything else. And st- and 50% of what he says is pretty near bang on. The fact that the other 50% thrown in with it all is somewhere out in the ether and he's in the twilight zone is... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Yes. So, yeah, <laughs> that's the end of that chat. I, 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 I try to see the good and bad in everything, or you know, the pros and the cons, and you know, um, but yeah, the um, the more I hear him and Avery and the other bloody idiot talk, um, the more I realize that they're off with the fairies, yes, you know, no one, no one understands conservation better. Than those involved in country sports. No, you know, this is a know, problem. You know, old school. This was drummed into us. You know, since we were a dot. I mean, when I was a dot. Um, you know, the conservation should be at your core. You don't just. You can't go around shooting everything. There'll be nothing left. But if you create habitat, you have a healthy population. It's all to do with the cogs and the machine talk. I give it college and university and stuff. You know, uh, and that is. Quite, see now another thing like you know just just recently the remember the article I wrote dirty pigeon shearers yeah last year well they're back oh god you know, here we are right on harvest time haven't seen them for a year after they buggered everything else up and you know these are you know throwing their money around to farmers and a farmer ain't going to say no to 100 quid 50 quid just well the pigeons are eating his crop anyway so they're going to give me 100 quid but hey go and shoot it win win you know but again, dead birds all in the crop everywhere. No, no competent dog to pick them up. I mean, they're just literally shooting the birds and leaving them where they fall. Um, and if I catch the buggers, I am going to name and shame them. They are going to be <laughs> all over social media. Their picture is going to go everywhere because I've had enough now. What happened last week? I've had to phone up one of the local shooting clubs. Now, one, any of their members, there, it wasn't their members, um, but this, I had to phone the local shooting club up because a member of the public contacted me and said took a photo and they knew luckily as a member of the public I've spoken to about ethical shooting and conservation so I've got her on side um, and she understands how things work correctly she doesn't agree with the shooting side of it she's you know she's very much the bunny hugger but she understands um, and then and then sends me a picture some idiot shot a load of pigeons and just dumped them all in the in the rain the river right next to a public footpath right next to a a, a a public um, recreation area. It sounds like an elephant going off. That sounds like Colonel Artie. Are you still blowing your ooter? Well, I did leave the room to do it. It's not my fault. I've got a big ooter. It sounded like Colonel Artie. It's like when you go stalking. Clunk, clunk, clunk with your feet in there. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, no so, these, so these dirty pigeon shears, they've dumped all these pigeons in the ring. 
next to this area. So this, the member of the public sends me a photo and I'm like, oh, blimey. Okay, my love, no problem. Okay, I, I mean, it, we think it was poachers, but they they'd literally half half breasted out some of the pigeons and chucked the rest, chucked it all in the river. I mean, there's a, a water contaminant there and all sorts. So I phoned up the vice chairman who I know um, from the local shooting club down there and I said, look, you know, it's I'm away, otherwise I'd come and do it, but I'm, I'm 40 miles away. But a member of the public, I sent them the picture. I think I sent you the picture, didn't I? You did indeed. Yeah, there was somewhere between 30 and 40 wood pigeons just dumped. Only, only about 10 of them rested out, the rest were dumped. Um, and the vice chairman had to go down with his dog and retrieve them all and because it was it was on it was next well right next to some of their land um you know and, and like i said like, go down and clear up because you know there's only going to be a another if, if another member of the public sees it that contact with me the next thing we're going to see that all over the papers and we're all going to be tired with the same brush unfortunately so, and and you know good ethics of this club they thought the same as they think the same as I do the vice chairman went down he went straight down and cleared it all up he said I can't believe it he said you know and the, down there there is no crops down there there is no where, where it was so someone physically drove there and dumped them yeah this is you a know, problem you know whether they were trying to cause problems for the club or whatever I don't know um, but you know ethically morally and everything else wrong if I'd have caught the buggers, I'd have thrown them in the arena and made them get them all out themselves. You know, you do not treat an animal or bird or anything in such a manner. You know, ghastly. So if I catch the buggers, they will be named and shamed. Publicly. Yes. Um, you know, and then people say, oh, you can't do that. Yes, I can. Because the only way we're going to deal with these idiots is bring it out in the open. It's no good trying to hide uh, this sort of stuff because it'll blow up in our face. Now, what about blowing up? Did you happen to see the farmer up in Durham, I believe it was, um, with the removal of the car? No. Right. Lovely nature spot I wound up that way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Farmers forever having people park in his driveway, in his gateways, blocking everything up. So he goes to go down his main driveway and to go and do his morning's work and there's some guy apparently broke down in his driveway but he's managed to reverse a good 20-30 yards back up this farmer's driveway blocking it right so with that farmer goes back up to the yard gets a man or two out comes back picks it up and then throws it over his wall right and then still not happy he picks it up a bit more and pushes it out into the middle of the road and then pushes it up against the hedge upside down on its roof <laughs> now the well, police are suing him for dangerous <coughs> drugs, abuse and ABH and all the rest of it yet maybe had stopped in farmer's driveway well do you know what? I got the same here I, you got, I got this numpty here who doesn't park he likes to park in the disabled bay or across two bays because he's I swear he's drunk most of the time well I'm going to pop right in the farm one of these days grab the man or two I'm going to pick his car up and stick it up on the roof of the shed <laughs> and say uh, now park that bugger I'll get it back down for him but yeah you know he's, he's just starting to he's just inconsiderate um, and he knows full well he's doing it and parking's at a premium here anyway so I've again I've been videoing him and naming and shaming him publicly and I tagged him in it as well 
Yes. So it's the only way you can deal with people. They, you can speak to them with the most courteous voice and men, and they, it's, uh, well, stuff you, Jack, I'm all right, sort of thing. Well, it's not stuff you, Jack, I'm all right. You, you know, everybody has to get on here, and you're being a bit of a rotten apple. So, you know, um, I just get in the, I'm just, my tolerance to the ignorance and rudeness of people is wearing very thin. Now, I could be the most tolerant person going, but just lately, especially with this, since this COVID fiasco, people seem to have gotten very rude. Yes, I'll agree with uh, that. You know, very rude and arrogant and whatever else. And, you know, like even in the car, I mean, I put, you know, I'm always curious. I pull over if I sit, because I read the road ahead of me. I mean, you know, uh, you know, I see problems happening. Like, you know, yesterday I saw a lorry coming down through the lanes before it even got round any of the bends. So I pulled over into a wide labour and I got the car, the van behind me beeping his horn. I was like, hang on a minute, there's a lorry coming. And he's like, no. And he went, he overtook me. And well, what did he do? Got face to face with the lorry and caused a big traffic jam in the bloody lane. If he'd have waited, yep. Like I said, that lorry would have come. I'd read the road. I could see that, all right, he was probably 300 metres away. But I read what he was, was going to happen. I knew, I know the road layout. So I pulled over to let him in, in this bloody idiot in this van. And then he, oh, this, he overtook me and I was like, bloody idiot. Thought, you know. And then we got to a set of traffic lights and there he is stuck at the traffic lights in front of me. I've got me out. Didn't get very far, did you, son? <laughs> you know? And then he went speeding off and overtook an old lady in the bloody fiesta in front of him over the wrong side of the road over the chevrons and nearly at a bloody bollard I was like so I got him on camera I'll meet my dash cam I'm, I might just send that into the police and say that this guy needs to learn to drive yeah well I had a giggle yesterday I stopped to get the kids some drinks we went down to see grandma anyway yeah. cars it's wide enough and everyone parks both sides of the road and there's enough to go for everybody to go through in the middle so of course me being my shape car was coming so as I got out of the car I pulled my guts up as if to say a bit, bit more space for the pass I just carried on but the lady had just come out of the shop and seen me do this and was in fits of laughter and with that <laughs> I looked at her car and on her dash was like a, a we kelp it looked like that type of colour I said that's crawly in that poor little dog in the car like that no windows open he goes yeah he's faded as well look and carried on laughing <laughs> <laughs> For the first driver, bear in mind, I'd like pull me guts up out of the way so she could get through, just joking. Complete straight, looking at the straight of the road, hand straight, there's no reaction at all. Some of these drivers really need to be uneducated and re-educated, I think. Yeah, no, I just, just rudeness. I mean, I, I mean, the amount of people like this week I've pulled over to let through, you know, put me hand out the window, you know, I've acknowledged and said, there you go. All right, guys. And they not even said thank you. Not so much as a, a finger up, you know, or even the middle finger up. <laughs> you know, just, just completely stone faced, and yeah, you know, and, and what I found with the, the, this COVID, I mean, obviously everybody's scared about getting it and everything else. Is people walk out of your way not to speak to you, even old friends. You know, not you, Rob. <laughs> well, that's probably because I'm going to give my bollock in anyway. You know, but. Uh, um, right, anyway, Jake Wise this week, what have we got? We've got to have some fun uh, in here. Well, did you see I put on about my kid and the music during the week or not? Uh, I don't really get a chance to scroll, so you have to remind me, bud. Uh, right, well, Pippa looks at me the other day, I walked in the front room, she sat on the sofa. Dad, do you know the song 
um, we built this city. I went, yes, Pip, very well. Oh, yeah, it was something about you being old one or something. Yeah, you go, oh, you're old. I said, old? I used to go drinking with Beethoven every time you opened the pub door. Da-da-da-da. Apparently, it's not very funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's very much a dad joke. Listen, do you know what? Last week, week I researched doing farm jokes, didn't I? Yeah. Well, this week I've researched doing hunting jokes or hunter jokes. All right, now... Uh, a lot of this stuff is very American, so uh, so some of the um, colloquialisms to it, you'll either understand or you're not. But it was much better when it was all colonial over there. I tell you. Yeah, you know when they put, talk proper England, just like when I was a children. Yeah. Um, and they but, you know, had kept their pants on and that sort of stuff. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> With their diaper. <laughs> you know the thing is over there they don't know their fanny from their ass. No, they don't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, here we go. Let's, I've got a long list here of things. Let's uh, see what we can do. Right, what do deers call hunters? I don't know. Dofos. Okay, then. What is a hunter's favourite game? I don't know. Duck, duck, goose. Oh, dear. Dumb omnivore. I don't know. A meathead. Oh, dear. <laughs> Why is Bambi afraid of Christopher Walken? I don't know. Because he's a deer hunter. The film Deer Hunter? Yes, I know. What is the Native American word for vegetarian? You should know this one because I've said it before. Go on. Poor hunter. <laughs> or bad hunter. Did you hear about the Robertsons' new movie, as in Duck Dynasty? You know, the Robertsons? Yeah, no. It's a duck unmentary. Oh, don't get terrible. I uh, don't really get Hang on, what's happening? Things going funnier. Right. Uh, what did the deer tell the hunter? I don't know. To buck off. <laughs> what, do you call, what do you call a hunter who can't stop duck hunting? I don't know. Quackhead. Oh dear. What do you call the day when you can get amazing deals at Cabalas? I don't know. Buck Friday. Like I say, oh. it's all American, so you can. What do you, what do you get a hunter for his birthday? Don't know. A birthday pheasant. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> that one tickled me. That one. <laughs> What's the cheapest type of meat? Um, that would be deer balls because they're under a buck. That's the one, bum bum. Uh, <laughs> and then it says real men hunt for their food. Some girls go wild. Hang on, my phone's gone funny. Hang on, stop it, you twit. Uh, some girls go wild. This girl goes hunting. Uh, don't get it right. I like big bucks, and I cannot lie. Yeah. I like drinking That's a cup. No, hang on. Let me change pictures. Uh, if they if they put a Nike logo on a deer, it says I'll just hunt it. Right, okay, no. I get that one. Whatever no. Right. I didn't fight my way to the top of the food chain to be a vegetarian. Hey, vegetarian. <laughs> my food poops on your food, I've we know I've seen that before. Right. I don't wear bows, I shoot them. No, that's rubbish, that one. Right, okay. Uh, scroll down. What's this one? Two hunters, right. Two hunters were dragging their dead deer back to their car. 
Another hunter approached them, pulling his along too. Hey, I don't want to tell you how to do do something, but I can tell you that it's much easier if you drag the deer in the other direction. Then the antlers won't dig into the ground. After the th- third hunter left, the two decided to try it. Try it. A little while later, one hunter said to the other, you know, that guy was right. This is a lot easier. Yeah, but we're getting farther away from the truck than closer to it. No, <laughs> oh, dear. I had a feeling that one was coming on. <laughs> right, a mother-in-law joke. Bob, a hunter, went on a camping trip with his wife, kids, and mother-in-law. One evening, while Steve still deep in the forest the missus awoke to find her mother gone rushing to her husband she insisted on both of them trying to find her mother Bob picked up his rifle took a swig of whiskey and started off to to look for her in a clearing not far from the camp they came upon a chilling sight the mother-in-law was backed up against a thick impenetrable bush and a large bear stood facing her let me change pages the wife the wife cried what are we going to do nothing said the hunter hunter husband the bear got himself into this mess let him get himself out of it (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I cocked up a bit I had to change pages wife goes hunting it was a Saturday morning and John an avid hunter woke up ready to go bag his first deer of the season he walks down to the kitchen to get a cup of coffee and to his surprise to find his wife Mary sitting there fully dressed in camouflage John asked her what are you up to Mary smiles I'm going hunting with you John thought he he has many reservations reluctantly decides to take her along they arrive at the hunting site John sets his wife safely up in a tree stand and tells her if you see a deer take careful aim on it and I'll come running back as soon as I hear the shot John walks away with a smile on his face knowing that Mary couldn't bag an elephant much less a deer but not ten minutes pass when he is startled as he hears an array of gunshots quickly John rushes back as John gets closer to a tree stand he hears Mary screaming he got away from me my dear confused John races faster towards his wife his wife screaming and again he hears her yell Get away from me, my dear. Followed by another volley of gunfire. Now within sight of where he had left his wife, John is surprised to see a cowboy with his hands high in the air. The cowboy obviously distraught says, Okay, lady, okay, lady, you can have your dear. Just let me get my saddle off it first. Oh dear, that's brilliant. Uh, Rob, I don't finish up with Rob. You ready? I've got, I've got two more. Oh, hurry up then, quickly! So, two hunters are walking through the forest looking for a deer when, all of a sudden, a giant bear jumps out of it and scares the. the the, the, the doo-doo out of them I nearly said the word then (laughs) they dropped their guns and run like hell one of the other hunters stopped opened up his backpack laced up a pair of running shoes his buddy looked at him and said what are you doing are you crazy you can't outrun the bear so this hunter said no I can can always outrun you (laughs) dear me a man kills a deer and takes it home to cook for for dinner both he and his wife decide they, they won't tell the kids 
oh, we know this one, don't we? <laughs> Give them a clue and they get them guess. The kids were eager to know what the meat was on their plates and Careful. Big Dad had a clue. Well, he said, it's, some, it's what mummy sometimes calls me. The little girl screams to her brother, don't eat it, we're eating a backside. <laughs> <laughs> one more. But police at the station, Billy explained to the police officer why his cousin shot him. Well, Billy began, we was having a good time drinking when my cousin Ray packed up his shotgun and said, hey, do you fellows want to go hunting? And then what happened? The officer interrupted from what I remember. Billy said, I stood up and said, Sure, I am game. <laughs> Twat. Oh, dear. Well, I've got one of my own before you go, anyway. Oh, hurry up, Collins. Okay, right, so this 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 bloke goes out. He's American. He goes out hunting, hunting bear. And he goes, he gets his big rifle out, and he's like, there's a bear. He goes, bang! The smoke clears. He goes over. No bear. What the bloody hell? My shot is bear. Where's it gone? So he says, so a tap comes on his shoulder. The bear says, right, he says, you've got two choices. He said, either I rip you apart and eat you, he said, or I make love to you. And then the, the, the um, under says, oh, God, all right. And so down the trousers come, and he limps off back to the car, grabs his shotgun, runs back, and shoots the bear again, right? All right. Then another tap on the shoulder, because the bear has disappeared. Right, you know the score. You know, you can't shoot me. So what do you want? Oh, my God. So he ravages him. So he, he crawls back to the car, gets his pistol out, his forty-four Magnum, goes back to shoot the bear, takes a couple of shots, and the bear turned around and says, look, you don't come here for the hunting, do you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I suppose we've got to wrap it up because that is an hour. Yeah, right. One last joke. Ready? Go on, Go on fire. No, don't. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. <laughs> we all have a good redneck joke. Sorry to all the rednecks out there. Robert Carroll <laughs> and the likes. Redneck, redneck, redneck. Yeah. Yeah, Bowen Jr. in the woods and Bo stumbles, the gun goes off and shoots Jr. So he rings 991. 911. 911. Sorry, I'll get it right now. I was thinking yeah. of our number. And uh, yeah. the operator says, What happened? Well, I tripped and stumbled and shot Jr. Are you sure he's dead? Bang. <laughs> there was a bit more of an elongated bit to that, but yeah. Yeah, we're running <laughs> out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that reminds me of the old Crocodile Dundee too, isn't it? When um, when Wally shoots shoots um, Crocodile, who was dressed up as a gangster, and, that, and he goes over and he yeah. and when when Ned looks over and he goes, if Mick wants me to get his bloody clothes back, he can get down and get him his bloody self. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ned's uh, mate, needs garlic. <laughs> yeah, I like it when I like it when um, you know when Sue Charlton's there. If, if listeners go and watch Crocodile Dundee, watch the three of them, they're brilliant. Um, and in four. fact, the new one, four, well, the four, well, the four, what fourth yeah. one is, um, is Mr. Dundee. No, it's not. There ain't a crocodile Dundee four. Yes, there is. What, what's number four then? One, we meet him. Two is with the drug dealers. Three is where. Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, and then four, they go back and they're fishing on top of the branch, and the bus of tourists turn up. And they fall that's in the number, water. That's number. That's number three. Is it? Yeah. No, I'm sure there's a fourth one. Hold on. No, the fourth one is Mr. Dundee, the latest one, which is all about Paul Hogan as himself, which is bloody brilliant. You've got to see it. It's hilarious. Even from the opening scene, it's hilarious. Believe me, I know my crocodile Dundees. 
Do you now? Hold on now. Anyway, what you're looking for, I'll, I'll explain. So uh, Sue's there, Sue's there with Ned, and uh, the the Nuggets poking all the the gangsters that are tied up in the canyon, and uh, he's got a dead oh, bat in his in one hand, uh, and he's there poking him, and uh, he says, "I'll go regular way out," and uh, he says, "Nah, mate, we just look after him, just guard him." And Sue said, "What did he say?" He said, "He wants to know if we can eat these white men." And the one like <laughs> does the hail it across. Oh, Mary, Mother of God! <laughs> <laughs> nah, we just gotta guard him. Can't eat him. <laughs> yes. So was I right? Yes, you were. Very sorry. My bad. It was like that. Tark of the Otter was in a bath, and he was never been in a bath. That was bloody um, circle of water or something, circle of bright water or whatever it was. Yeah. Right. So how does it go, Rob? It's goodbye from you. And it's goodbye from me. See you later, mate. Have a good one. Cheers. Bye. Bye.